Well, we've been kind of preaching our way through the book of Thessalonians. Today we're in chapter 5. We're going to look at two verses, 23 and 24. Now, some of you were prior military, so you understand the term an operation order. In the military, nothing happens without an operations order. It gives you everything you need to know about the operation from who's in charge to who's doing what to what's expected. It tells you what supplies are needed. It tells you everything. And, and when, I, when I say nothing happened without one, we couldn't even have a squadron picnic without an operation order. So it was a, uh, it's, it's something that is very needed to outline things. And as I was reading through chapter 5 of uh, 1 Thessalonians, I came across verse 23 and 24, and it hit me that those two verses are an operation order. So as we look at those, we're calling this Operation Sanctification. Okay, and we're going to go through this and read these two verses just like we would as an op order in the military. To give you just an idea of what a military briefing would be like, we're going to kind of form that this way this morning. First thing we, we look at in an op order that it gives us, is it tells us who is commanding control. You know, we need to know who's in charge. Who's doing what? Why are we doing this? You know, and, and the first thing we see in verse 23, it says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. See, it tells us right off the bat that, that it's God that's in control. This is God's plan. He has put it out there. He is the one that is, that is directing it and giving power to it. See, that makes a big difference. Because if you're working on an op order that's coming from a, just a local junior officer, it doesn't carry a lot of weight. But when you're working on one that's coming from, from someone high up, and you don't get any higher up than God, that means you, are, you need to listen and you need to do what He says. See, what, it, what it's uh, telling us here is that, <clears throat> and we might think about, well, you know, Pastor, there's a lot of things that Christians do. Hmm? You know, we go to church. We volunteer our time. We give our, we give our tithes and offerings. We avoid sin. And those are good things for Christians to do. But see, there's a little difference here in what we're talking about and what we normally do. Because see, if you're doing all those things just to try and make yourself worthy of God, if you're doing all those things just so people will think you're spiritual... You're just pretending. You're play acting. It means nothing. So why would we do these things? Well, we do these things as a result of the Holy Spirit working in us. See, as the Holy Spirit is changing us and is molding us so that we take on the characteristics of Christ, then our actions change. So if we're doing them for, if that's the reason behind it, then we're, we're on the right path. You see, we can only, this whole process of sanctification, 
And for some of you who may not be familiar with what sanctification is, sanctification is the process that happens inside us from the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's all it is. Some people get scared by that word. Oh, sanctification. Well, sanctification is you allowing God to change you. So if you're, if, if you're in that process, if that's where you are in your life, then you are in the process of being sanctified. Pretty simple. So don't let those words scare you. But that whole process of sanctification can only take place when we relinquish commanding control to Jesus Christ. We can't do it ourselves, folks. Only He can do it. So what is our commander's intent? You know, that's the most important part of any op order. That's the, if all else fails, what do we want to accomplish at the end of the day? You know, most of us, we kind of have that in our daily lives anyway. We just don't think of it in these terms. You know, when you get up in the morning, you got to go to work. You know, here's what I've got to get done today. And if, if nothing else happens, this has to happen. That's what this is. What is the commander's intent here in our project uh, Operation sanctification. Well, look in verse 23b, the second part of verse 23. It says to sanctify you through and through. See, God is God takes this process of sanctification as a take no prisoners approach. See, he doesn't, he doesn't mess around. When we become a Christian, and all of us have been there that first day as a Christian, that first time that you knelt at the altar and gave your heart to the Lord and you stood up your first day as a Christian, things changed in your life. You know, and what normally changes is the big stuff stops. You know, uh, th things, uh, the, the big sins in our life, we change. We don't do them anymore because we know hey, those aren't right. We don't want to do that anymore. Unfortunately... Way too many Christians stop right there. And they allow all the little sins that are like landmines in their life to stay there. They don't want those things to change. There's a, a, a story that uh, Gordon MacDonald tells in his book, Ordering Your Private World, that fits this description perfectly. He says, some years ago, when Gail and I bought the old abandoned New Hampshire farm we now call Peace Lodge, we found the site where we wished to build our country home strewn with, with rocks and boulders. Yeah, we knew that'd be a, a lot of work to clean this up. But the first part of the cleanup went quick. The boulders were no problem. We got those out of the way. <clears throat> but then, when they were gone, we began to see there were a lot of smaller rocks that had to go too. But when we had cleared the side of the boulders and the rocks, then we noticed all the stones and the pebbles that we hadn't even seen before. This was much harder and more tedious work. But we stuck to it, and there came a day when the ground was ready to plant seed. See, that's, that's how a Christian's life is. When we first get saved, those big sins in our life, we can get take care of those pretty quick. But once you get the big stuff out of the way, you start noticing the medium-sized stuff. 
And then once the medium-sized stuff is gone, you start noticing all the little stuff. See, it's all got to go. See, the, the commander's intent is not just to remove the boulders, but to remove the pebbles. Not just to, to get rid of the drunkenness of your life, but to get rid of the gossip in your life. Not just to get rid of sexual immor uh, immorality, but to get rid of envy as well. Not just the sins of commission, but the sins of omission. See, that's the process of sanctification. And it only happens as we allow it to happen. God's not going to reach in there and just yank that stuff out whether you want Him to or not. But He will convict you of it. And when you're convicted of it, we need to go to Him and say, Lord, it's yours. Take it from me. But if we don't do our part, He's not going to do His part. That was His plan. You know, he, I think it had been a lot easier if He just said, one touch, you're, you're sanctified, holy, there's no more sin or temptation or anything, but He decided that He wanted us to grow and mature at our own pace, by our own will. So what's the target area that we're looking at? Uh, in, in, the, in the military, we call it a battle space. And the battle space includes the land, the air, and the sea around where the battle's taking place. So you have a full picture of what's going on. And the target space, the battle space that God is working in, again in verse 23, that third part there says, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. That's Bible speak to your whole person. All of you. And when, when, the, when the term soul is used like this in the Bible, it's speaking of your mind. So the battle space that God wants from you is, is your spirit, your mind, and your body. See, He doesn't want to just, he doesn't want to just change one part of you. He wants all of you. See, that's, that's how this works. There's a <clears throat> story that C.S. Lewis tells from his childhood. He said, he said that, and I'm going to paraphrase this instead of reading it. He said, when I was a child, I'd get toothaches a lot. And I knew when I had a toothache, if I went to my mom, she'd give me an aspirin, and that would take care of the pain so I could sleep. But I didn't go to her that often. Because I knew if I went to mom and she gave me that aspirin to get rid of the pain, that the next day she's going to take me to the dentist. <laughs> and the dentist was going to fool around with those other teeth that weren't bothering me any. Well, see, God's a lot like that dentist. A lot of times we go to God with one problem in our life we want God to help us with. But see, once you invite God in, for that one problem, he's going to fool around with the rest of your life. And he's going to fix everything. He's not going to leave you hanging over here. See, we have to, to look at that God wants all of you. Every bit of you. He wants every thought you have. He wants every feeling you have. He wants every action you have. He wants it all. 
Most of the time, though, we don't want to give it to him, do we? You know, well, God, I've given you this, but I really want to keep, keep this. God wants it all, folks. And the thing is, when you give it all to him, when you surrender everything, when you don't have one little lock box inside you that he can't have, when you give it all to him, you're going to know God in such a better way than you've ever known him before. Because when you give him your all, when he has control of your thoughts, and he has control of your feelings, and he has control of your thinking, and he has control of what you do, the blessings are going to be pouring out so much that you're not going to be able to handle them. Yes. Gail mentioned that, that movie. I love it, War Room. Because that's exactly what happens in that movie. This family that is not godly, this family that, that has, has left God and has went to the world and is looking to the world for their satisfaction starts to turn back to God. And by the end of the movie, God has blessed them in every way possible. He has blessed them in ways they never even thought of asking Him for blessings in. Because when we turn our lives over to God, He is going to pour blessings out on us that we don't even think about. He's going to bless us. <clears throat> well, the next part of an op order is when is D-Day? When is this ongoing operation ever going to end? Now, if he is in the military, some of the operations we went on, we thought just like that. Is this thing ever going to end? But we know when it's going to end. Look at the last part of verse 23. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This process of sanctification believes in us the moment we ask Jesus into our heart. And it is a continuing process that's going to last until the day He returns. On that day, our salvation will be made complete. <clears throat> Paul wants us to be ready. Remember, the whole letter of Thessalonians is talking about uh, being ready for the day the Lord returns. He's wanting us to be ready. You see, when Jesus comes back, when you hear that trumpet sound and you hear the angel announce, and all of a sudden you see a bunch of people's gone and they're not here anymore and you're looking around you got a problem. On that day, on that day, your salvation is complete. Isn't that wonderful? On that day, when those who have died before us are raised from the grave and given perfect bodies, glorified bodies, from those of us that are still alive, when we get our glorified body, I can't wait. I can't wait. And I know some of you have more pains than I do. Can you not wait until those days that the arthritis isn't hurting in the mornings? Amen. When you don't have the migraines in the afternoons? When, when you're not sick or, or all the other things that come with being more mature? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all those years we, trade, we, we chase after the golden years and we find out that it was just rusty. That's right. <laughs> 
On that day, though, when he comes back, all those problems go away. We'll have glorified bodies. Bodies that won't age anymore. Bodies that won't hurt anymore. We'll have, we'll have souls, we'll have hearts that, that won't hurt. Because there will be no broken hearts. Because there's no tears in heaven, except for tears of joy. It's coming. It's coming. And that brings us to the, the final part of an op order. Is an op order always has a predicted outcome. <coughs> See, when, when guys way up the chain comes up with an op order, they've got teams that, that play war games and stuff to determine what's the best uh, process, what's the best way to accomplish what needs to be accomplished here. And, and the one thing that, that we know is that since this particular op order has been issued by God Himself, there is a 100% chance of successful completion. Verse 24 says, The one who calls you is faithful, and He will do it. See, that's what's kind of nice for those of us who are kind of lazy. We don't have to do it. God does it. All we have to do is just get out of His way. That's not hard. You want to get out of God's way? You say, God, it's yours. Take it. <laughs> yes. I haven't done that good a job with it, Lord. I know you can do better. That's how we get out of God's way. We turn it over to Him. We let Him have it. And then we don't doubt it when He does something. When He convicts us of something in our life, we don't try and justify it to God. Well, God, you see, it's this. No, we say, God, it's yours. If you have brought it to my attention and you don't like it, you can have it. Because see, we don't want to justify sin in our life to God, do we? Well, God, I, I never, I never forgave that person because they never said they never said they were sorry. That's not good reason, man. Wouldn't you think about what if God didn't forgive us until until uh, we had to go and say we're sorry? See, God's forgiveness don't work that way. God's forgiveness is just laying out there for us. All we have to do is say, Lord, I'm yours. And His forgiveness floods us over like unbelievable tidal wave and washes us so clean and makes us so right for Him. He does all the work. I love that part. See, sanctification is not man's work, it's God's work. And when we come to that, that conclusion in our life and we start living our life to that point that, hey, this is God's work, it's not mine, you know what will happen? All those pebbles that you didn't want to pick up and get out of your life, God starts getting them out of your life. There was a man who bought a tree to put in his backyard. The tree didn't have a tag or anything on it. He had no idea what kind of tree it was, but he planted it. And as the tree uh, grew in the spring, it blossomed out in beautiful flowers. And he said, oh, it's a flower tree. I'm going to love enjoying the beauty of this tree for the whole year. Well, as spring started to fade into summer, all those flowers fell off. The man said, useless tree. Well, a little later, he noticed there was some 
fruit on it, and it's about the, the, um, the, the size of a, a large grape or something. They were green, and he thought, oh, it's a fruit tree, and he pulled a piece off, and he bit it. Oh, man, that is nasty. That lousy tree, it's not worth anything. I'm going to cut that thing down. Well, then his summer faded the fall. Those little nasty-tasting fruit turned into delicious red apples. See, a lot of times we look at Christianity just that way. When someone first gets saved and they're overfilled with that joy of knowing Christ for the first time, and we think, oh, it's going to be like this forever. Or we see the bitterness in someone's life and we think they're never going to enjoy the fruit of joy. So often we forget that the best fruit ripens late in the season. Things that we need to remember as surely as the sun rises in the morning, the Lord will accomplish His plan. Amen. We must understand that it is His work, not ours. He is in control. We must just present ourselves for duty and allow Him to transform us from the inside out. We need to know that He intends for us to be a complete work. And that this area of the operation, his, his area where He's operating in us is our entire being. There is not any part of us that He leaves out. Is your life full of joy this morning? Yes. Amen. Is your life full of joy? then God's there Amen. because God's presence brings joy. We need to remember that on, on D-Day, the day that this operation sanctification is complete is the day that our Lord returns. And it's a 100% chance that His operation will be successful. Because it's God's operation, it's not ours. When you trust the Lord, asking Him into your heart is the first step. But there's a second step after that. Is giving Him control now that He's there. If you don't give Him control, you're really limiting Him to a very small area. And our Lord is a gentleman. He's not going to force His way onto you. He's, he's not going to knock you down and take control. He's going to patiently sit there. Like it says in Revelations, I'm knocking at the door. He's patiently going to just knock until we finally decide to open the door. Not just to let Him in, because we've let Him in when we got saved. We're going to open the door to let Him have control. Because without control, he can't do anything. Maybe some of you have been in a job before where you had all kinds of responsibility but no authority. I've had those jobs. They're not fun. 
See, when we invite Jesus in, he's got the responsibility of transforming our lives. But if we don't give him authority to do it, he can't do much. Who's on the throne in your life today? You know? You got to think about it. Who's, who's on your throne? Who calls the shots in your life? Who, who is it that says yes or no to what you do? Who is it that directs you where you go? Because that's who's in charge of your life. Is it Jesus or is it you? A lot of times we like to think we share the throne. We don't. It's a one-seater. Only one person can be there. Is it Jesus or is it you? It's all stand. Lord God, we started this process when we asked you into our lives. Lord, on that day, and you came in, Lord, because your word says if we ask, you'll come, if you'll enter. Lord God, how many of us still have you standing in the foyer and won't let you in the rest of the house? How many of us, Lord, have, have locked the doors so that you can't have this part or that part? Lord God, for Operation Sanctification to come to a successful conclusion, we have to surrender everything. Unlock every door. Get out of your way and let you work in us, Lord. Let you change us, Lord. Let you shape us, Lord God. Let you make us into what you intended us to be from the beginning. Lord God, I pray this morning that each and every one of us are willing right now just to say, Lord, all I am is yours. There's no locked doors. There's no barriers. Lord, I'm yours. Do with me as you see fit. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for what you were going to do. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.